Well, local people affected by Joe Biden enabling the cartels, Lee. Yep. Um, and a shocking statement. I've been waiting for somebody to say this besides me. From uh, Ron uh, Vitiello, he's the former border chief. And he flat out said this. Look, the cartel's influence in America is growing. Mm-hmm. Not in Mexico. It's already very heavy there. America. And he was responding to Corrine Jean-Pierre, cringe as we call her, the spokes hack for Joe Biden, refusing to commit to taking any kind of action against the cartels. That's what Peter Ducey wanted. And what he was referring to was, hey, listen, I mean, you've got these senators and there's a companion bill in the House to declare the cartels a terror org, which would uh, give the military a green light to go after them. He was looking for some kind of affirmation that, hey, you know, the Biden administration be cool with that. They're not cool with that. I mean, the the cartels bring the Democrats their voters for free. They're not going to go after the cartels. And they know it. Here's Ron Vitiello saying the, the truth about why absolutely nothing is going to be done whatsoever about the murder of these two Americans down in Mexico. And also this administration has emboldened them. Right. We've got it. For the most of the last two years, we've had a chaotic border and the cartels are making money hand over fist in this in this situation, because large numbers of people are coming to the border every night. They're facilitating that smuggling. They have too much influence in Mexico. Now they're starting to have influence in the United States. And these people that were down there from I think it was South Carolina, um, you know, they paid the price. You know, that that lawless area in Matamoros and other border cities uh, is a danger to all of us. So cringe, the spokes hack for Joe Biden, is asks by Ducey, you going to do anything? I want you to hear what she says here, Lee, about the FBI. And then I'm going to tell you what actually happened. To the violence aspect of it, now Americans are being slaughtered. Would President Biden be taking the same approach if it was al-Qaeda or ISIS operating just across the border from an American city? The president takes this very seriously. He takes this very seriously. The FBI and other agencies have been on top of this uh, from day one. And so- on top of this. Hmm. Every time I hear her say the president takes this very seriously, that's code word for he's not doing a darn thing about it. No, he's not. And listen to this. Listen to listen to the key there. They've been on top of this, these other agencies. Cool. They go get those Americans? No, they didn't bother. How do we know that? From CNN, Barry Dunn in this article. So we have two Americans, just to recap, who were kidnapped. Two found dead. And so CNN, in a bizarre act of journalism, you just don't see it very much. That's why it's so strange actually interviewed the governor of the Mexican state of uh, Tamaulipas, Amerigo Villarreal. Uh, And that's where, you know, of course, the kidnapping took place. And they, the the mayor flat out said, U.S. law enforcement was not on the ground in Mexico at all. Not searching, not involved. Yes, on the phone. Never went to look for these Americans. Never got involved physically in Mexico. And let me let me translate. They did nothing. They made some phone calls. There's a report in the AP that the two survivors were actually in uh, were escorted by ambulance with armed military style personnel with 50 caliber machine guns mounted on trucks to get them to a hospital in Brownsville, Texas. 
Yep. And that was a Mexican yeah. ambulance. Yes. Yeah. In other words, yes, um, this appears to have been some diplomatic pressure put on Mexico here to get Mexico to act. But the governor is flat out saying U.S. law enforcement not involved on the ground in Mexico. Listen to this. This is CNN, okay? Not involved on the ground in Mexico during the search for the missing Americans. Now, listen. Well, I'm not going to play it for you again, but listen to just so when you, when Ducey is asking John Pierre, uh, she, you know, she, if you, if you listen to her carefully worded statement, she doesn't say they were on the ground. They didn't even bother to go down there. And they're not going to. They are not going to challenge the cartels in any way. Because the cartels are bringing them their voters. I can't play this clip enough, Lee. I'm going to play it to the ground because I think most Americans didn't hear it. It was all but blacked out the week it happened. Part of it was because there was some other big news that week. Um, but it was huge. Joe Biden going down to Mexico and thanking the cartels, not by name, but this is who he's talking to, for the greatest migration in all of human history. That was during the Three Amigos tour, wasn't it? Yeah, Three Amigos. It was actually called that. If you Google it, it'll come up. They that they literally called it that. that Trudor, Obrador, and Biden. Yeah, Three Amigos. Um, and he th- he said, this is the greatest migration ever. He took credit for it. He took credit for the 5 million who've come here illegally and who brought them? His friends, the cartels. They wouldn't even send an FBI agent down there. Lee, these are people who take a dozen FBI agents and raid a Christian pro-lifer's home mm-hmm. after he fights back when a left-wing, a left-wing lunatic pro-choicer pushes his son. Yeah, assaults his child. Assaults his child. That guy not charged by the FBI. He fights back by pushing him back. He gets a 12-man raid of his home, and yet we can't send a single person down there, not one, to go look for these Americans? No, we're too busy harassing Religious people harassing Catholics. We're too busy harassing Americans that speak out at school boards and putting terror threat tags on them so we can monitor their communications. We're just too busy. Take a listen to this. This is, when Biden's speaking here, the cartels heard him loud and clear. What they heard is, you are untouchable. This has been the greatest migration in human history around the world, as well as in this hemisphere. And uh, when I got elected, the first thing I, def- this has been. Okay, the first thing I did, and he goes on to talk about how he, you know, loosened uh, things so that it was easier to come to America. He means it legally. The cartels watch that stuff. They watch everything he does. And they knew what that meant. Keep it up. Good job. Can you send us another five to six million, please? We're going to need at least that to outvote the Republicans in the swing states. Thanks. Those are future voters. So this is about to get very, very interesting, Lee, because... But Joe Biden is not in this universe or this time space continuum going to allow a bill to pass to designate the cartels as a terror organization. That is not going to happen. Here we go. If you continue to give safe haven to fentanyl drug dealers, then you're an enemy of the United States. 70 to 100,000 people have died from fentanyl poisoning coming from Mexico and China, and this administration has done nothing about it. I'm going to introduce legislation, Jesse, to make uh, certain Mexican drug cartels, foreign terrorist organizations under U.S. law and set the. Yeah. Okay, now, it would help a lot, Lee, if uh, Lindsay weren't simultaneously trying to get amnesty for the same people. Yeah. Because we have no way, when they're here, 
And they and most of our foot soldiers are are underage. I mean, they're 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 boys who are 16, 17, 18. They bring them over here. We can't differentiate when we're we're um, amnestying them between who's a cartel member and who's not. If they don't have a record, a lot of them don't. So I mean, you know, Lindsey Graham simultaneously here, come on into America, have amnesty. Oh, we're going to declare you a terror org. Nice, Lindsey. That doesn't work. But whatever, it's it is helpful that he has the bill that he sponsored. Um, because this puts a lot of pressure on Joe Biden. Joe Biden wants to go down there and pat the cartels on the head and thank them. He does not want to declare war on them. He doesn't. And we got another problem here, too, for the Democrats. If they were to ever lose control of the White House, you got a designation of terror org on, the, on those cartels. A good president could go down there and take them out in six weeks. Even a mediocre president, not just a good one. Yeah, don't even take a good one. Um, because, again... Um, we, you know, as, as heavily armed as they are and as militarized as they are that they're now knocking over police stations and going to war, they don't have an air force. We can take them out from the air just like we did the Taliban. It's not gonna be hard. Um, and we do with drones. I mean, again, and I pointed this out in the first hour, um, when Trump partnered with Putin to wipe out, uh, Joe and Barack Obama's 80,000, I'm sorry, 40,000 strong caliphate, which we did in a few weeks. Um, and we got most of the rest of them in nine months. Um, and they went fleeing the country dressed as women. They were so scared. Um, but I'll never forget, we vaporized a key terrorist standing on a corner. He was standing on a street corner waiting to cross. And there was a group of people, civilians, standing next to him. We just literally turned him to vapor from the air. And they were fine. I remember the, the, that's how we can that's how perce- we can take out these cartels. Remember the Iranian general that was taken out in Baghdad yes. during the Trump administration? Yeah, well, his suitcase continued going yeah. around the turnstile. Yeah. That's how good we are at this. We can take these cartels out. They only exist because we allow them to breathe, because we want them to, because the Democrats want the voters. And there's some in the Republican Party who want to, you know, bust wages down, and, and they want them here so that they can serve the, their friends at the country club for cheap labor to bring wages down. So, I mean, we can do this. We can take care of this very quickly. But um, it is an outrage that Joe Biden couldn't be bothered to send a single person down to Mexico to look for these four Americans. The Mexican government had to do it entirely. There's a reason for that. He didn't want to engage the cartels. It's that simple. It's that simple. Well, a male weightlifter winning a key victory, allowing um, him in his biologically male state to compete as a woman, which means women's weightlifting is, at least for the moment, done for women. It's a great sport for men. Um, so uh, what, what does the public think of this? See, here's the problem. This this is a big problem. New poll shows a substantial majority of American voters believe that allowing Joe Biden's reinterpretation of Title IX to allow biological males to play women's sports has had a negative effect on women's sports. Listen to these numbers. By the way, this was done by the liberal polling firm McLaughlin & Associates. 60% of voters 
say it's been harmful to women's sports. Only 18% say it's been helpful. Oddly, about the number of Americans, about the percentage of Americans who are mentally ill. While 22% of of respondents uh, without an opinion aren't included, when you throw out the 22%, they're like, oh, I don't know. 77% of voters say allowing biological men to compete in women's sports can be harmful. Just 23% say it's helpful. Okay, so we're getting into the radical parts of the Democrats' agenda. The public does not want to go along with this stuff. And they used to rely on the media to ram it down our throats. But the media used up its last round of ammo lying to us about COVID. And those lies are about to be exposed even more because we're in the first day now of the hearings um, on the origins of COVID. That's just going to be devastating for the federal government. So they can't rely on the media anymore. Media has a trust rating now that has is historically low. It's below 20%. So that's why they defaulted to censorship. And that were, it did work. It worked really well around 2020, 2021. The FBI did a great job there. But now people know. And that's why we just had that dev- absolutely devastating poll. This, Folks, I can't tell you how excited I am about this poll that has come out. This is the best news. I am shocked by these numbers. Even 53% of Democrats, by the way, this came out, this poll was conducted before the FBI and the Department of Energy were forced to admit that, yeah, okay, COVID did come out of that Chinese lab. This is before that. They just happened to conduct it before. 53% of Democrats, 81% of Republicans, 66% of unaffiliated voters say they already believe the virus came out of the Chinese lab. And 65% thought U.S. officials covered it up. This is an absolute crisis. They don't know what to do. I mean, for all of this time, they've been able to pull these narratives because media people believe the media. Well, they ran out of gas on COVID, and they immediately shifted to a more desperate position of censorship. That was working great for them for, for a couple of years, but it's not anymore. They don't know what to do. So they're hunting Elon Musk like a dog. Listen to this. This reads like something out of an authoritarian regime, but it's in a Wall Street Journal and it's about this country. Headline, you got to read this article. FTC, it's Federal Trade Commission. Investigation sought Elon Musk's internal communications and journalist names. They want detailed information about layoffs. Who was laid off and why? Because they want the censors restored. That makes him mad. Citing concerns, staff reductions could compromise the company's ability to protect users. Go look this up. Facebook just had mass layoffs. They get one of these? No, because they're still censoring. In 12 letters sent to Twitter and its lawyers since Musk's takeover that are now just now becoming public, the FTC, FTC asked the company to identify all journalists granted access to company records and to provide information about the launch of the revamped Twitter Blue subscription service. Okay, what are they doing? A lot of the illegal censorship, these are crimes. A lot of the crimes committed by the FBI, the State Department, the Department of Homeland Security, the Department of Defense, they censor you too. All of those agencies, those are crimes. And so they tried to hide those crimes, remember, by giving Twitter employees like Yoel Roth classified security clearances. So what they're going to try to do is come after the journalist and Elon Musk for disclosing the information about their crimes to the public. Because that would have 
required these journalists to see classified data. Now, the government just classifies the data to, to hide their crimes. They're mad. But you know what this is right here? Does this look just at big picture, okay? This makes me angry. This is like an authoritarian regime. This sucks. Does this look like a, a, a party that's winning? It's not. It's not a party that's winning. Now their censors are in trouble. People don't even believe the censors. They know. People know. So what are you going to do? Crack down on Elon Musk? Yeah, what's your plan after that? Were you going to haul him out of his home in handcuffs? That'll help. And they're in a they're in a cold panic this morning. The bulk of these letters came out in February. My favorite part is where they demand all the documents around the firing of the embedded censor, James Baker. He's a former uh, FBI, their top attorney. They embedded him in the company as a censor. Elon Musk got rid of him. Good for him. They want to know about his firing. Because you don't fire your FBI minder. You don't do that. The inquiries by the Federal Trade Commission, which is led by Democrat Lena Kahn, follow massive layoffs implemented by Mr. Musk. (sighs) No CEO is above the law, they say. What they mean is no CEO says he won't violate the law. For us, the Democrat Party. This is war. And you know what is fascinating about, you know what they're having to do here, folks? They're facing a terrible choice. Nobody believes the media anymore. Their censorship regime is falling apart. It didn't work anyway. We just saw that in the COVID origins poll. They got one choice left. They got to go full authoritarian. We're going to arrest this guy, drag him out of his home. We're going to shut Twitter down. We're going to break him. We're going to break Twitter. We're going to use lawfare. Well, okay, but that's risky for them, too, because the American people will see this. They're going straight to a regime of fear because they got no other options left. You know why? They can't sell their they can't sell their stinking ideology and they can't sell their stinking plan. This sucks for Elon Musk. But this is not what winning looks like. It's not what winning looks like at all. Good morning. Well, what I've been telling you for two years now has finally been admitted publicly. And the impact was immediately devastating. 574 point downward swing. The Dow. Why? Because the Federal Reserve Chairman essentially admitted in a hearing what I've been telling you for two years. And shock ensued. Um, Because fiscal reality is mathematical reality. And in mathematical reality, the only way you can continue printing money without causing a lot of inflation is to raise rates and not by a little. See, there's been a fairy tale they've been telling in Washington. That we're living really in a period like the 1970s. And, you know, inflation got out of hand then, but we fixed it. Paul Volcker fixed it. He raised interest rates through the roof. It made everyone really poor for about 18 months, but we got through it. We brought inflation back down, and then the economy roared. 
So the fairy tale that is told in the American media and particularly the American financial media is, look, we're raising rates. It's going to be fine. It's going to be just like the 70s with Volcker and it's going to be great. Except there's one key difference. We stopped printing money in the 70s. We're still printing money. Still borrowing and printing. So when you raise interest rates, but you keep borrowing and printing, what happens? They stay about the same. The inflation stays about the same. You might be able to bring it down a little bit temporarily to go back up, just like I told you it would. And so that's the game we're playing. We're pretending it's the 1970s again. Paul Volcker is back, and we can just raise rates, and everything will be fine. But we're not doing the second part, where we stop spending fake money we don't have. And Congress wants Jerome Powell to fix it so they can keep printing money. And you can't. There's no mathematical reality of that. I've been explaining this for two years. And so what do we do? What was our solution? We just pretend. When we have a recession, we deny that we're in a recession. We just deny it. We tell everybody inflation is transitory. We know darn well it's not transitory. Uh, Then we say it's going down. November, December, January, I told you it was not going down. It's going right back up. There's been a lull because the Fed has slowed down a little, but they're going to have to uh, gear back up to print Lindsey Graham's omnibus and print Lindsey Graham's infrastructure bill, So, which he voted for. So, I mean, we're just going to go back up. I mean, you could tell. I mean, the way you tell is Congress prints big bills where it has to be printed. And then, you know, it's going to go up. Inflation is going to go up. And so the interest rate's going to have to go up again, too. I've been telling you since last summer when the UK Daily Mail leveled with Americans and said, listen, they actually covered Jerome Powell. Jerome Powell, our Fed chairman, goes around to meetings with very important people in Chinese shoes. Meetings you'll never get a ticket to. You're never going to be invited to. I'm not either. We're not important enough people. And he tells them flat out. They ask him the same question over and over. He does this like once a month. Well, how can you bring down, how are you going to bring down inflation, sir? Oh, we're going to raise interest rates, lower wages, and get people fired from their jobs. And the crowd claps. All the shiny shoes clap. As if he's just said the most brilliant thing. And then the UK Daily Mail goes and covers it. They spell it out. America's going to have to see a decrease in their wages. Wait, in the middle of inflation like this? We can't afford food now. Uh Uh-huh. And they're going to have to lose their jobs. And the shiny shoes clap. This is the best ever. Because it ain't their jobs. Just everybody else's. And that's what has to be done for Congress to be allowed to continue printing money. Until yesterday. When he had the unfortunate news that the rates are going to have to go up. Inflation rate. What does that mean? What's the cost of borrowing is going to have to go up? That's going to kneecap business. What happens when kneecap business gets kneecapped? You get fired. They fire the little guys first. Then they work their way up to the mid-sized guys. But you get fired. How many get fired? We actually got a number yesterday. Two million. Wall Street doesn't like the truth. Wall Street, it's not, and some of these big money managers, too, were falling for the hype that, why don't we could just, you know, go Volcker or something and keep living this way? It was actually spoken aloud yesterday. Nothing fiscally has changed in the two years I've been telling you what's been going on, and I've been dead right for the whole time. It's just it was spoken out loud, and that never happens in America because we live in a constant state of denial. I love, I just absolutely roared hearing this. Maybe I shouldn't have laughed. Elizabeth Warren throwing a temper tantrum over the fact that two million people are going to have to be fired. It's really actually five. They're only fessing up to the two. Why? Because she wouldn't stop printing money. And Jerome Powell tries to handle her the way you handle a child who is being told, no, you cannot have the second bowl of ice cream 
and you got to go to bed. Listen to the truth. I just want you to hear this because I've been telling you this since the summer. And the reason I knew it is the UK Daily Mail follows Jerome Powell around and reports what he says. People are going to have to lose their job and they're going to have to be poorer. And Elizabeth Warren is mad that he can't make it any other way. I would explain to people more broadly that that inflation is extremely high and it's hurting the working people of this country badly. All of them, not just two million of them, but all of them are suffering under high inflation. And we are taking the, the only measures we have to bring inflation down. And putting two million people out of work is just part of the cost and they just have to bear it. Will, they, will, will working people be better off if, if we just walk away from our jobs and, and inflation remains well, 5 6%? Me... He's like, honey, this is reality. And he doesn't want to say the third thing. The only way we get away with this is you stop printing money. Stop it. Stop printing money. Stop borrowing money. She don't want to do that. She wants him to fix it. She's like a little child who can't have another bowl of ice cream. We haven't spoken this aloud in this country. This is a historic day. Actual reality is being acknowledged. And just the acknowledge, just a little acknowledgement of actual reality caused a 574-point drop in the Dow. What happens when you can see it on the street? Wouldn't want to be in a stock market. Um, here is uh, Senator, uh, uh, Senator Kennedy really driving the, ho- the point home with Jerome Powell, our Fed chairman. He's lying here, but Kennedy knows it and demonstrates it well. You're going to have to fire a lot of, get a lot of people fired, aren't you, Jerome Powell, so Congress can continue printing money. You're raising interest rates to slow the economy, are you not? Yes, to cool the economy off. Um, And one of the ways you measure your success, other than fluctuation in gross domestic product, is the unemployment rate. Is it not? Yes, one of the measures. Okay. So in effect, I'm not being critical. When you're slowing the economy, you're trying to put people out of work. That's your job, is it not? Not really. We're trying to we're trying to restore price stability. No, Um, you're trying you're trying to raise you're trying to raise the unemployment rate. There are a lot lot of that mean I know you don't like the phrase, so let me strike it. You're trying to raise the unemployment rate, are you not? No, we're not trying to raise it. We're trying to realign supply and demand, which could happen through a bunch of channels. Like, for example, uh, you know, just job openings. All right, job let, me, openings let me could- put it another way, okay? The economists did a, did a wonderful study. They looked at, at, at 10 disinflationary periods in America going all the way back to the 1950s. Disinflation is what you're trying to do. It's a slowing in the rate of inflation. Am I right? Yes. In other words, prices don't go down. They just don't go up as fast. Deflation is when prices actually go down. You're trying to achieve disinflation, are you not? Yes, we are. Okay. Based on history, in the 10 times that we got inflation down, disinflation since the 1950s, in order to reduce inflation by 2%, unemployment had to go up 3.6%. Now, that's history, is it not? I don't have the numbers in front of me, but yes, the standard has been that there have been recessions and downturns when okay. the Fed has tried to reduce inflation. Now, right now, the, the current inflation rate is 6.4%, and the current unemployment rate is 3.4%. Now, if history is right, I'm not asking you to, 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 again, blame anybody, but if history is right, unless you get some help, 
in order to get inflation down from 6.4% to, let's say, 4.4%, and the unemployment rate is going to have to rise to 7% based on history. That's what the record would say. Okay. And to get inflation down to 2.2% based on history, an immutable fact, unemployment would have to go to 10.6%. Would it not? No, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. That's uh, what the record shows. That's what the history shows. Yeah, I, I don't think that kind of a number is, is at all in play I mean, here. I, I know you're wrong. Oh, it's in play. It. It's in play. That's the truth right there. It's what's really happening. In order to go back the way we used to live, which was around 2% inflation, it was really actually less than that. Trump handed off a 1.5% inflation economy. Very healthy. Just to get back to the way we used to live, 10% inflation. And that right there, that right there, that's when the Dow dropped. That's what dropped the Dow. Wait, wait, wait. Just to get back to the way we used to live, a little higher inflation than we used to have, but you know, pretty much comparable. We'd have to go to 10% unemployment? Yes, we would. Or Congress could stop printing. Yeah. But we're either going to not have a military or you're not getting that Medicare or Social Security check. Hmm. You pick which one of those you want. 10% inflation? No military? And that's why the market dropped 574 points. Just a a hint of the truth yesterday did that. What happens when they can't hide it anymore? Guess we'll find out. Please be sure to check out the Battleground podcast from yesterday on Tucker Carlson's brave reporting on January 6th. You know what we just learned? This is incredible. And there's more of this on the podcast. We just learned that the Democrat Party faked the murder of a police officer. With the help of the Capitol Police, the FBI, and the Department of Homeland Security, faked it. Complete with a state funeral, him lying at the rotunda, his ashes, his flag. Folks, I was watching the video yesterday of the fake funeral. They spent nine minutes just filing the leadership of the Democrat and Republican Party by the ashes of Capitol Police Officer Ryan, uh, Brian Sicknick. Just so everybody could be good and seen. They called him a martyr. It was all fake. And they knew it right away. How do we know they knew it? Because the Capitol Police answer to the Speaker of the House, who was Nancy Pelosi. This was a great way to get rid of Trump. And now Kevin McCarthy is the Speaker of the House. So he gets the video. And what does it show? Signick was supposed to be murdered with a... Uh, a uh, fire extinguisher by Trump supporters while they overwhelmed the doors of the Capitol and forced their way in. Except he was walking around the Capitol. Fully half an hour later, just fine. 
They lied. They lied. This was a theatrical production involving no less than four federal agencies, and it was all fake. 